What if you did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if you did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work? What if it did work? Start asking yourself better questions. An amazing podcast and an amazing movement, but it all started as an Amazon best-selling book by yours truly. Yes, I'm being biased. It's my favorite book. Took me forever to write, about 47 years. But you know what? It took a lot less to write my second book. The Vacation CEO, yes, that's a new book. What if it did work? Well, another day, another dollar, and it's another episode of my favorite podcast. Yeah, I'm a little biased. Uh, what if it did work? Here's one of my my favorite people. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because she's on. Uh, you you are actually one of my favorite people. Well, thank you, Amor. Well, let me introduce you. your people. Ma- Megan Farrell, no relationship to Perry Farrell, the founder of Unstoppable and Unstoppable Women. Megan and her organization focuses on leaving positive impacts in people's lives by providing them with value and tools on how to get them there. She catches women and men, and men, you wrote it wrong, on removing limiting beliefs and healing from past trauma so they can fulfill what they're called to be in life. She also specializes in providing a hand up to single moms who work and are struggling to make ends meet. Her motto is to leave people better than you found them. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me and that beautiful introduction, sir. Oh, that's okay. Next time you wrote yourself. Yeah, next time I won't be so lazy and I'll I'll proofread. I was going to say, there's some people that you should always proofread, and there's some people that you you should always like math check. I'm that person, but and don't put me on speakerphone. That that I'm that kind of person. But you know, we live and we learn. But thank you for having me, Omar. I'm so glad to be here and just seen you last week at a big event that you. Uh, I know. I, I was at the the nefarious Murph Murfreesboro, <laughs> who for some at the pit of their stomach is a pretty sinister place. But I I, I love it. it. It's where I got my start, and I, I have to say. And, and this is an acknowledgement for everybody. Um, Megan here is one of the reasons why uh, the podcast is heavily downloaded in Tennessee and I got a lot of book sales. So, And she's like my unofficial publicist for, <laughs> for, for the mountains, the, the mountain people out there. But it, yeah. and, and she's doing it out of the kindness of her heart. I, I, while I've paid other people that have done absolutely nothing for me, You've gone above and beyond, but that that's living in service. So a big thank you. You're very welcome. It's a Southern thing to do. Plus you're a good friend and I believe in what you're saying and your mission. So I want to promote you as much as I can for sure. Well, it, it's been a while. Last time too, I was on, on your podcast. It, it mm-hmm. seems like um, you're a little lighter on the talent than the last time I was on your show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, uh, you know, um, you grow in your seasons and, you know, there's been a little bit of things swapped around and stuff, but you know, our podcast is doing good. Our viewers have been on there. It's starting to grow. Our, the people that we've had on is just increasing and we're starting to do more. And, um, you know, when I started the Unstoppable podcast, um, 
me and David started it back in uh, a year ago. And we just kind of got up and said, we're going to do it. And everything went wrong with it, but we made it. We, um, we had no camera. We still cut it. And um, even though that season has passed, I'm still very thankful that he was there to encourage me to do it. And yeah, it's great. It was great. Well, well sometimes Summer's going to ask you what, what you did all last spring or yeah. I got that. I got that stupid saying mixed up, but, but it, it never looks good when you start. I mean, my, my podcast, I would say, and all that, and all that, and all that right, people would right. text me, people would laugh and say, we should create a, a drinking game with me saying and all that. And it's just, <laughs> you know, practice and, and yeah. you have to be aware of, of stuff, but you know, congratulations. I know you talk about the season that you were in and I helped you out through that season because I get it. I, I, I went, I was going through what you went through, mm-hmm. but probably a year or seven, eight months before right. where you're in a relationship, a dysfunctional, toxic relationship. You're at a dead end job working for not a leader, a boss, a, per, a people. I, I, and I can relate because my franchise was the same way. Me, 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 me. Not me, but but the franchise. Right. And I get it. It was so tough. Most people would stay stuck, but you actually had the courage to end both and pretty much at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a very tough season. Twenty the end of 2021, um, going into early 2022 was a life-changing transition. Um, but you know, you you know, you were a friend of mine and you helped motivate me and pull me through some dark times. And I do appreciate that, that a lot of viewers may not know that. So Omar was there for me and kind of gave me some feedback and stuff. But one of the things that I will say, instead of looking at the, the for me to look at the negative, I pull so much positive out of it because like, you know, going back to the relationship, that person was an, a great, amazing person. We all, we both were just, you know, just different parts in our life. Unfortunately, we both, you didn't, it didn't work. And you know, growing means you have to sometimes see that and acknowledge that and better yourself from that. And we're actually friends now. Um, we've overcame that and I wish that person the best and, and they're a great person. You know, it's just, um, we go through seasons that we grow and mature. And I think that me and, uh, that person has grown and mature. So that, that's that. So that's a positive from that. And then they, the work environment that I ended, um, it was, it, I met some amazing people. I met you, I met um, a lot of people that I've still networked with today, and I'm very blessed for that. I learned a lot of lessons, what to do, what not to do, and I have nothing against, like you know, we uh, that that situation either. Like I wish them the best. I want to see them succeed, and I'm very very excited to see where things are going for them and their family. And I'm thankful for the lessons I've taken and learned too. So I think when we start to grow, we push through those things that could be negative and that could keep us in a, a tiny box forever. And we, poor me, we're the victim. Or we just say, hey, this was a growing pain. We learn from it and we're better people from it moving on. You know, the, the problem with people is they don't understand. Sometimes you have to go through the pain. Sometimes you have right. to go through the valley. And it's not, life isn't happening to you. It's it's happening for you. That's right. My friend Mark Schaefer says that a lot. That's very I, true. I, 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 w- I was I was there at the same time dealing with with your boss and I have zero regrets because I would have never met you. I, I would have never have met plenty of people that I've had on my podcast. It helped me grow. It, it helped me find my my purpose, which is to be in service. I, I wrote a book 
based out of that. I got a second book. So you all have to, people, instead of being like the, the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan and scream, why me? Why me? Why me? Sometimes you just have to, hey, I'm going through some stuff right now. I'm going through a valley. But the valley is up to me because a lot of people stay there. A lot of people love to be the victim instead of, to quote Joel Osteen, be the victor and get up and move their ass out of the situation. Right. You know, you know, just, you know, kind of changing subject just a little bit, but it's it's still to what you're saying. Um, there's a lot of people and you, Omar, I'm sure you do it when people that you coach and you help in businesses that you go into, but there's a lot of people that I speak with that are like, gosh, I'm ready for a change. You know, I'm ready for a new season. I'm kind of sick and tired of being where I'm at. And you try to provide value and you try to say, okay, this is the steps to do it or send them motivational videos or be there and pour into them. And then they kind of come back to, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put in the work or they'll do it for a seat like this a second and then they'll stop. You know, you have to wait till people are ready. You know, and I had a conversation with somebody today, like you can't force somebody to make uh, to be ready. You can't force somebody to level up their life. They have to do that themselves. Because if you don't, they're going to do it for a little bit. They're just going to taper off. There comes a point when these people like our clients or our businesses that we're going in and helping they get sick and tired of being sick and tired of their life in the position that they're in. And when they make their mind up, they'll do it. And all you can do is hope that the seeds that you planted are there that they go back into and they pull it from, because that's why we do what we do. Like I, we have a servant's heart. I have a servant's heart. I know that. Um, sometimes I can be too given, but that's okay. I, uh, I'd rather have that than be the other, but we love to serve people. We love to help people better themselves. And I think that's why people gravitate toward that because they know that, where our heart is. And I just pray that everybody that I come in contact with, that I can plant a seed. I may not ever see it harvest. That's something God told me a long time ago, that sometimes you're just a seed planter and you don't see the harvest because, you know, there's some, there's people that have been pouring into my life and your life, probably your, our whole lives that we didn't realize that we're planting seeds and they never saw our harvest, but now we are, you know, now we are harvesting the good that we've done. And you've done so many successful things yourself and helped so many businesses and things. So yeah, I, I I know that's kind of a little off the topic there, but I, I think that's important because I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday about how I get so tired of seeing lost potential in people, but I, I can't force it out of them. I can't. You can't force it out of people. Mm-hmm. Not everybody needs a coach. Not everybody wants a coach. Plenty of people, the majority of people don't want to change and they won't change until something catastrophic happens. A death in the family. Their, their health is going. It, it's not until you, you hit that threshold of, oh my gosh, this pain of just being the same thing that sucks. And yeah. usually businesses too, but it, it's ego. It's hard to say, I need help. You, oh, you, it is. Yeah. Usually it's like when you hit the iceberg, you're the, the captain of your Titanic, that you say you need help when you're, it, it's, it's too late. And it, it's hard to, to push past the ego and say, Hey, I, I need, I need help. There's been plenty of people. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sure you, you coach your friends all the time, or you're like a Tony Robbins with your friends for Grant Cardone. They'll, they would never see me as anything but the guy that they grew up with. Yeah. And so why am I going to, you, you can't force people to accept personal development or business development. They have to acknowledge it. They have to say, I need to get out of this situation. Right. 
and like that you you just said it perfectly right there. You can't force it and they have to acknowledge it and they have to want it themselves. And when that happens and they're going to remember those lines that you gave them, those not lines because it's the truth, it's from the heart, but those quotes that you gave them, those that imp- inspiration that you gave them. And they're going to come seek those people that have planted, I keep going back to the seeds, but that have planted those seeds in their life. You know, um, when you start leveling up your life, and I know you can attest for that, um, which, you know, Josh talked about it Saturday at the mastermind that we did. You're hungry. Everything you do, you're hungry. And you stop playing in drama. You stop playing the victim. You stop playing in small crowds. You get in rooms with people bigger than you. We, we've all heard that from a lot of different speakers. You get in rooms where you can learn and grow. And that's one thing that I really started noticing in my life that when I when I started like leveling up, like I've been leveling up a couple of years, going up, going up, going up. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, I can't get enough of the learning. Like I'm listening to podcasts on the way into Nashville because God knows I have a long drive in. I'm, I'm doing things to that I've always wanted to do. I'm making lists and I'm sticking to them. I'm saying committed to the gym. I'm saying committed to my health for the most part, eating very healthy. And, and I'm showing myself grace if I do mess up, getting right back on track again, you know? So once you start doing that, you're going to start seeing things change and you're going to start seeing things move, but it requires you starting. But I think the biggest thing for me was especially living in a small town and even you're in near Miami, but you still live in a small town outside of Miami, you know, like there's so oh. much. <laughs> there's no small, I don't live out in the woods. I live in the suburbs. You live in the suburbs. Well, that's considered a small town in the Miami. If Miami did, he don't have cows, everybody that's listening in, in, uh, radio podcast land, but I do, I do. I live in a very, very small town and it's easy for people to be like, did you hear what so-and-so is doing? Or did you do this? Or did you hear this? And before I would try to be friends with them and I would like find myself getting smut pulled into that. Now, if I hear it, I love them, bless them, release them. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. And I just walk on because I've got more things I need to do. I'm concentrating on growing and being bigger. I'm not better than those people. I'm just choosing not to participate in drama and in low value things that are not going to bring value to my future or where I'm going in life, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And besides the only people that'll say, oh, you know, you think you're better than this mm-hmm. or people that are start hating the critics, the haters, the naysayers. Mm-hmm. It's because deep down inside, they're envious that, that you're growing, that you're doing the work, that you have the courage to say, hey, it might take me, it might take me longer than what I, I, I feel it's necessary, but I'm on my way to becoming the person that I've always wanted to be living my dreams, creating my right. dreams. And most people don't. And that's why they'll be like, Oh, Megan, she's, she's such a bitch, but she's so stuck up or she thinks she's better than us. And after a while, they start rewriting their past. They'll be like, Oh, Megan had it so easy. Her parents were wealthy. I, I I heard that all the time. And it's like, I've heard that from people that I, I grew up with or or like my fraternity brothers. And it's like, I was there with you. Where, where's this new, yeah, you know, are you my publicist or, you know, are you creating this new, are you, are you writing my dating profile? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, 
not gonna not gonna pick at you on, on the podcast. We're friends, so it's easy for us to start picking at each other. But yeah, I mean, I, I totally get it 100%. They're not paying your bills. They don't know where you came from. I mean, you, your story, if you know your story, you know that you wasn't born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Neither was I. We both had to work for everything that we've ever gotten in life. Um, I think a lot of people... And, and I have to be careful because I don't ever want to project anything. I know um, going through this NLP, NLP training uh, that I went through to be certified a couple of weeks ago was the life changing for me. I mean, it helped me close doors on things that need to be closed. It helped me process things. Um, it helped me not to put thoughts and words in other people's mouth because I'm so used to being judged. Sometimes I find myself saying, oh, they're talking about me or, you know, they're saying, who am I? And they may not even be saying that. So I'm choosing my mindset to think, hey, they're supporting me or, hey, they're for me or whatever. They may not be, but in my mind, I'm like, well, whatever, you know, I'm giving people more of the benefit of the doubt and not being stuck in there because I have a past. Everybody has a past. We all have things we're not proud of, but we learn and grow. And there's some people that are like, oh, do you remember what she did in 2003 or whatever? And I'm like, yeah. But we grew, you know, and I'm sorry that you're still stuck in that, but I've I've grown. And if you're still coming at me, then that's that that's your that's your journey that you need to fix. And I can't fix that for you until you're ready. But I'm here to talk about it when you're ready. You know, that again is growth. I, I'm never concerned about someone's past. Right. Especially everybody wants to talk to me about their past. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just leave it there. We, we all have stories. We you, right. you grew you grew from it. The only thing in the past is every decision, indecision, mm-hmm. minor, big, small, everything has led us to right this moment, right now. And that's right. it. Just tell me what are you working on? What's your dreams? That's what that's that's what I tell people. I I you know, I, I might ask you what what college did you go to, but not because I give a shit if you went to college or not. It's right. like so somebody doesn't start screaming, start singing Roll Tide Roll or War Eagle or, you know, sing, sing that they're on Rocky Top, you know, just stuff like that. But I, I could care less if somebody went to college. Right. Usually it's, so what team do you cheer for? So I can Maybe. stay clear if you say Roll Tide Roll. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you on that. I'm with you on that. I know you're LSU and I'm a Tennessee fan. But I mean, it's just, it's just part, you know, it's part of the growth process. It's part of growing up. Being big adults, putting our big boy and girl underwear on and just, you know, living and being the best version of ourselves each day that we can be. And, you know, your past doesn't define you, but you can take the wisdom of your past. You can turn it to a positive. There was some negative that happened and people are like, gosh, how do you turn negative things that are really, really bad that happen? How can you turn it to positive? Well, it's about mind shift and shifting your mind. And there's a lot of unprocessed things that a lot of people can't get past and they carry on to their adulthood from their childhood because they had such a negative emotion. They have to go back, fix it, find the lesson in it. It's, it doesn't make the situation, you know, positive, but you're finding a positive lesson to learn to pull out of it. So you can process it and move on from it. And I think that part of your past is probably a good thing that if you can do that and maybe use it to teach other people, but you have to deal with that. But it, like you said, it doesn't define you. You need to be living in the future where you're going, not where you've been, you know, and, um, things are going to start changing eventually if you start doing that for yourself. The only thing you should use your past for is to inspire, motivate people. I, I talk about my past just mm-hmm. for videos or for the book yeah, or to be on stage, but I, I don't live there. I, I know what happened. I forgave. I, I moved on. 
Now, some people, because most people, well, not most, but many people live in the past. So those that know my past or, or, or want to take a shot or, mm-hmm. or, or think it's going to hurt, it's like, no, I've, trust me, I've, uh, thank you. I, I know who I was and right. it's not who I am now. So, and, and to me, it's like, okay, enough with the anger, the resentment, the hurt. People carry it around like their cross. The yeah, bear, or, or, or they put it in their Gucci bag. They 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 buy a, a nice Gucci or, or or Louis backpack, and they stuff all these negative emotions. Just let it go, man. There's mm-hmm. it doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't serve you for sure. It doesn't. It doesn't. And that's one of the things that you know you mentioned about me being unstoppable. The unstoppable thing that I've done it motivated me to do it. Like I knew a long time ago that I was supposed to do something but I didn't really know what it was. And then one day I woke up with such clarity, like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And, um, it came with, you know, a lot of courage to take the first step. You know, I did, I started the podcast and we, we started that and it, we got better and better each time. And we're still getting better at it. You know, I'm still, you know, trying to make it better and make the content better in it. But the main thing hasn't changed is that I'm interviewing people that have a story and it's positive to inspire people just like you're doing as well. And then I was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be speaking on stages to these women and, and me, even men, but I'm uh, my heart, I have a soft spot in my heart for single moms because I was there for a long time. Now I will never turn anybody down at a seat at my table. Everybody's welcome. But these moms that have came to me and these women that I'm coaching, I started seeing that we all have a lot of things in common. And a lot of it was like, you know, going into like some coaching aspects of what I do is daddy issues. And like my father was severely injured during my teens growing up. He was in a horrific car accident, almost died, left legally blind from it. My mom, from two people to working to one person working, because my dad was disabled after that. And that was a traumatic thing for my family to go through. So my father wasn't there. He was there, but he wasn't there because he was trying to remember his name. He was trying to remember who he was. He was trying to learn to walk, talk, eat again during a time where Usually fathers let their treat their daughters and show them what love is, how a man's supposed to respect them. Well, then I go and I get into this relationship, my first love, and it was, you know, verbally abusive, toxic. It just wasn't a, a good, a good thing. And that person wasn't a bad person. We were just young, immature kids. So I mimicked what I thought love was through a lot of situations in my life. Now, some of them were my mistakes. I take fault ownership in it, but a lot of things I kept getting into. I'm like, why do I keep making the same mistakes? Why do I keep making the same choices? Was because I was going for my first example of what I thought it was because I didn't have that father figure there. He was there. My, My father was an amazing man. We were very close when he passed away. But during that stage of critical time in my life, I didn't have that example because he was trying his best to be, just to be here, just to live. And there's so many women that I coach, Omar, that I talk to, that's something that we have in common, that we didn't have that male role model in our life to show us that. Now, that's not a crutch in enabling for decisions and things that happen in our lives. It's not. But it is important for people to know that that is something that I found through evaluation that these other women are finding through evaluation so they can fix it. And you have to find, why do I keep making decisions? Why do I keep making mistakes that I keep making? Why do I keep going down the same path? You got to mirror look in yourself sometimes and just look in the mirror and be like, okay, it's time to deal with some stuff and figure it out. So the coaching aspect of it happened. The podcast happened. Um, getting on stages, trying to finish writing my book. Um, 
I've got about four more chapters. I need to just go to an Airbnb, Airbnb one weekend and just finish it. And um, so, yeah, some big things are going on, going on for sure. Well, you can always run out a place in Seaside if you need a good Airbnb. Yeah, I could. I, I love Seaside, though. Seaside's amazing. Amazing. And um, it's a good place for me to relax. I, I, I love the Panhandle. Uh, the Redneck Riviera did that for uh, a couple of spring breaks with my fraternity brothers. Yeah. Now, uh, coming back to daddy issues, I, I mean, it's not just women. I no. mean, no. I, heck, I, it took me years to realize that my self-worth and fear of rejection and fear of not being good enough was mom and dad getting a divorce before I was born. Never met right. the man. Still hasn't met him. I still haven't met him, but he he does follow me on Facebook. So he's he he likes my comments. But but that that's that's about it. And it it, it would bleed out in everything. Like, oh, I you know, how why would somebody why would this chick want to go out with me? It, it was always like a story that I would keep on playing. Mm-hmm. And it, it had to deal with that. It, it was even like trivial stuff like my favorite movies always had to deal with father-son relationships, like Rocky, Rocky and and his trainer Mick, uh, Karate Kid, Dan- Danielson, and um, Mr. Miyagi. And it it, it took a while because you have to do the work. You have to understand that w- whatever happened, my, my father did the best that he could. He hey, he was the sperm donor, whatnot. Congratulations. I, I, I can't say bad behavior. I can't blame it at being the age of 49 on right. something that happened. Because a lot of times that's what happens, though, right. is we use that excuse. Well, I'm an alcoholic because of my father. Or I'm this, I'm that. And it's like, no, you're an adult. And you're not 18, 19, 20. Yeah, congratulations. Mm-hmm. We can still blame our parents. But there comes a time where grow up, accept it. Yes. And move on. Yes. And your father did the best that he could. It was outside circumstances. It wasn't like he was saying, hey, you know what? I want to get T-boned. I want to get in a horrible car crash. Right. Exactly. And, and I, you know, he my my father had so much guilt. Like he thought he had failed us or, or whatever. And, and he had he was not. He was such a good man. And we got so close toward the end of his life. And I wish I had more time with him. You know, I think, you know, I actually, me and you were friends when he passed suddenly of a, of a stroke. So, you know, I just, I'm so thankful that I had both parents and they, they, they were married and they, they showed me what it was like to pull through during hard times and not give up. My mom was my dad's caregiver for all those years. And she's a strong woman. And, you know, there's times that I get frustrated with my mom or I'll get frustrated, you know, thinking about things in my past, but I'm like, you know what? They did the best they could in the situation that they were in. Like my mom is a warrior. Like I'm a raised from a lot of strong women and they showed me what it's like to have grit and not give up. And she's an amazing woman. And, and like, just like my kids get frustrated at me and they want to strangle me sometimes or, or vice versa. Like, I know she wants to strangle me sometimes, but it's just, you gotta, you gotta look, like you said, people are doing the best that they can and you need to show people grace and you don't know until you're in that situation. And as long as you can pull the the, the positive out of the negative, you're going to learn and grow. You know, God did answer your prayers. He could have been, your father could have been taken away at that, in that car crash. Right. I had him all those years. Mm-hmm. He he did. He gave you more time. Than, he did. Because I'm, I'm sure it was a, 
from what, from listening to it, it was like a, a pretty devastating accident that he was lucky to be alive. Yeah. He had a front engine dragster. He was a, it was a race car driver. He ran it through our house. He was testing it where he took it to the race and um, he ran it through our house. He uprooted a Bradford pear tree, debarked another tree and went through one wall of my parents' bedroom and was in the back wall of my parents' bedroom. We were all home watching it, had to get the jaws of life to cut him out. It was traumatic. When I say it was a traumatic accident, it wasn't like, I mean, all accidents are horrible. We were there and witnessed it for ourselves. He he was actually in a coma for a long time because he thought he had hit me because he I was watching it from the living room and he and he did this to miss me to go through the wall. And I was, you know, 15 years old, a 15 year old, 14, 15 year old kid. And um, that was a lot to take in. My brother was watching it from the back, from the end of the road, running up, just sobbing and crying. Mom was running out the door. I'm calling 911. It was a, yes, a very traumatic thing to have to go through. So I am very blessed that he was there, that he was even able to function and and have a a quality of life afterwards, because most people would not have made it through that for sure. Your mom is uh, a legend, right? Tennessee. She is. I'm. High yeah, high school basketball. I'm known as Miss Patterson's daughter in Woodbury. I don't have a name. I'm Miss Patterson's daughter or Miss Patterson's kid. But yeah, she she was a big basketball player and coach, and she had you know a successful career and ended up blowing out her knees in college. But um, yeah, so she's she's done some big things in that, and she's just a good leader. Like she's any job she's ever been in, she's been very very successful, and she's a very very inspiring person you know she's been through a whole lot in her life and she still keeps going and all the women in my family really have like my aunts and my grandma and stuff so they have well that's good hey you 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 had the best of both worlds you had two strong and amazing parents Mm -hmm. i did for sure but yeah, so that's about the gist of, of everything that I've done leading up to this point. And then coming up, I've got some other events coming up soon. So I can't wait to that, to share those when they're available to share. So so what made you want to do NLP? NLP? Well, maybe. Um, I have a friend. His name is Greg Pease. He's a uh, realtor here in Nashville. And he... Um, does the class. He's certified to teach it in timeline therapy. And I'm like, gosh, I've got some like unprocessed trauma that I need to deal with myself. Um, and I want to be the best I can be for these women that I'm coaching. And I want to take these learnings and help the women that I'm coaching and the, and the men, because so, I'm coaching some men too, as well. And um, I went through it, Omar. It was a very intense week because you're just, you're in there all day from like early morning to late in the evening. And you have to like read, you know, like, you have to process things, you know, you have to sit there and kind of be still with yourself and look those mirror talks that you have to have. And it's the best thing I ever did. I mean, I have applied it in so many things. A lot of people don't realize they're already doing it. Now you just have a name for it. So, I mean, like I said, if people don't know what NLP is, Tony Robbins, there you go. Neuro linguistic programming. Yes. I have my certifications hanging up. Great. It, it, it's a great way to to literally you control your state. You yeah. at, at at the drop of a hat. If you need to be in a peak state, if there's something that's bothering you, mm-hmm. if, if it, it'll help you overcome people, vices, things that no longer serve you. Right. It's it's definitely a mind shift, and um, it 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 
it's been a game changer for me. And there's things, like I said, that you, you and whoever's listening already do that is NLP, but you're going to be more consciously aware of it. It deals with your subconscious mind and your conscious mind. And it, it has been, like I said, a complete game changer. And I've already helped a few people by using it. I've even used it on my child. He's on the spectrum and I've used it with him and it can be very hard. So I'm getting really good training with with Cohen because he's really like, I'm going to hang in there and just really dig into my belief here and, and not, not budge, but it does work. And you're re you're retraining, you're reprogramming your mind to think like kind of like we were, we talked NLP today on this call already, this podcast, we talked about you know, taking a bad experience and turning it to the good. That's what timeline therapy does. You know, you go back in your timeline and you, you, you hit those things that you haven't processed yet and you deal with them and you move on, but you, you take the learnings from them and you move on and it's a positive outcome versus a negative outcome. Well, I mean, I, he, the man, the myth, the legend, he's the foundation for me, for all my personal and business development is, Tony Robbins and results are results. The man's been doing it since we're little kids. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you always hear about him. You see him in movies. I think the first time I ever saw Tony Robbins was a character. He was playing his, his self in a Shallow movie. How. Shallow How. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Shallow How. That's it. Yeah. And look what I know. I was meeting the NLP guru there. Uh, my my, my um, Tony Robbins story, I, I knew absolutely nothing about personal development, business development. Like most people, it is what it is. Suck it up. Life yeah. sucks. And um, one of his trainers, one of his sales guys went to, I was selling um, as a financial advisor at the time, buy two tickets for the price of one. It'll help you sell. It'll, it'll create massive growth in your business. And I remember, I, it was right when the movie came out. Uh, my wife was a huge fan of, well, my ex-wife was a huge fan of Tony Robbins. So I'm like, two birds with one stone, you know? She'll, she loves the guy. And it's funny because I tell people the story that I told her, I'm like, what's going to happen? 30 minutes in, I'm going to start crying to a bunch of strangers. And, and literally that, that's what happened. And it's funny because, and, and, and you'll, you, I'm sure you've heard of it, especially being in the personal and business development. All these people hating on the man. To and to me, it's like including your former boss. It's like uh, I think results show that he might be the real deal, <laughs> or he is the real deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he absolutely is. I would hands down put him in the room with any personal growth person, and he cares about people. And he's, you know, he oh, really through their growth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and you can see it. You can see it. I, I actually, I really want to go back and watch. Is it? I'm not your guru. Is that what it is on Netflix? Um, I want to go back and watch that now that I understand NLP and just really see what he does. Because now I'm going to see. I've seen behind the curtain the magic. I guess in it. Well, so, the the a live event. What's What's amazing about going to something like that is you have people coming from all over the world that are just like hurt, that mm-hmm. suicidal, that it, it's like their last. No, this is this is it for me. Yeah, you know he he doesn't do it for for the money anymore. I mean, literally, he gave his company to his employees. But it's just it's just an example of you know instead of the business coaches and personal development people hating on the guy, maybe we should be more like him, being in service and not looking at people like they're a checking account. Right. I think you have to. I think I think when you serve people, it's going to come back triple fold to you. 
because you're doing it for the right reasons. And it, it's, it's just genuine. People are going to pick out if you're not genuine and it's about money, it's going to show eventually. So you're, and you're going to lose people. So I think that it's very, very important that you always serve from the heart. Always. Well, yeah. Be Christian, be more Christ-like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Jesus and the apostles weren't walking around saying, Hey, how, how, how much does Lazarus have? How many followers does, does he have? If I help him out, will, will this grow, grow our, our cause? But that, that's the way people operate. Right. People all love to quote Zig Ziglar and say, well, if you, wanna, if you want success, help enough people find success and you'll find success. Right. But it's always the opposite, especially in business and personal development. It's always like, so what can you do for me? Or I, I will help you once. And, and could you imagine like a suicide hotline? Oh my God, you know, you're calling, you're desperate. I mean, you're in a lot of pain because when somebody commits suicide, it's to avoid that right. insurmountable pain. And the, the, the operator picks up and he's like, okay, so how, what's your net worth? Um, do, you wanna, do you want the 30-day package? Do you want my... My tycoon package, do you want? I will, I'll help you, but you have to tell me how much money you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have, like, it just goes back to the heart. It goes back to having a servant's heart and serving. And that's what people really need. I mean, if you're, uh, I mean, you can sit there and make excuses and blame it on whatever, but you have to have that. And if you don't, it's going to reflect. And that's why I just, like I said, I just keep focusing on the positive and my own personal growth and just trying to help as many people as I can along the way. Oh, same here. That's that's my inner circle. That's the yeah. people I associate with. Yeah, you know, people ask me why I went to the Murph, even though it's nefarious and it's sinister and be evil. Why did I go there to, to speak for you? It's because it's helping out a friend. Mm-hmm. And and you said, you know, no pitching, or you know, that, that was the parameters. That's not what life's about. I'm not here to sell people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm here to help people. Yeah. If, if I wanted to write a book to sell, it would be one, it, it would be more than $9.99. And two, it would probably be fiction. You'd probably have like mm-hmm. wizards and <laughs> and dragons or or dinosaurs that, right. and stuff like that, or bondage, 50 shades. But that's not what life isn't about. One's goal, one's quest for happiness is never about money. Right. You can have 20 million and be unhappy. Yeah. Well, you didn't even pitch at all. I don't think anybody pitched at the mastermind last week. You didn't didn't pitch at all. And I gave people the option, like, you know, they they could, if they wanted to, because, you know, but they didn't, they chose not to. Like I thought about like pitching something that I've got coming up in, in the, the end of February, but then I just listened to my heart and it was like, no, don't, this is all about value. You're not going to pitch. And and I think everybody, I think everybody had that mindset. Every speaker felt the exact same way. And it was like, it wasn't even unsaid, but even this week, like I've gotten a call today about, you know, the value that they, they've got. I've gotten multiple calls about this event and how life-changing it was for people and how that they had paid a bunch of money to go to other events. But this event here was just, just as amazing. They loved it. And they were talking about your book and some of the quotes that that you said, and one of the couples that were there, they're like, Hey, I actually heard my husband on a work call talk about what if it did work, you know, like, and that that's amazing to me. That's a payday for us. That is a, that is a, a, a win that we can celebrate is that we are changing lives. And then 
then when people see something and they're ready to give and they're ready to grow, they're going to remember you and your words. And they're going to like, oh man, I, I really need to hire him for my, my company I just inquired or something like that. But it's not about that. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. We're here to provide value and serve. If, you know, if something great comes out of it in the future, wonderful. But it's about helping people. And I, I grew in the process just by being there. Yeah, we did. Years, for yeah. the longest time, I was pouting that, you know, the nerve, I, I could have been in Nashville or the Murph the week before. But so what? I, I got to, I, it was more impactful. Mm-hmm. It, it was with people that wanted, that needed help. Not, not, not to be in a room to, you know, grab ass each other and, and say, Hey, look at me. I'm successful. I got to see Pearl Jam, got, got to eat my, my lizard, my fried gizzards at, um, <laughs> the party, uh, the, the party foul or chicken yeah. foul, whatever that place is called. And, you know, I, I got to see a winery in, in Tennessee. I always thought it was just moonshine. I was just shocked. <laughs> yeah. You would have thunk it. Uh, from from Billy. M- moonshine to Jack to wine, it's like holy smokes! We do it all. Yeah. Progressing pretty soon, they'll have w- running water in Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> electricity. <laughs> feel free, feel free to show him some uh, love on the internet for him making fun of Tennessee. Just kidding. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a good thing, and you know, and you can sit there and like say, "Oh, Murphy's Bowl is terrible. I hated him never going back." But you chose to come back and make it a positive experience. And now you're leaving with a huge positive experience from there, you know? But that, that's um, you when you can't leave emotional trauma right. in right. a place. Cause I, I've associated, I got dumped. Uh, my ex that I grew up with actually thinks the book starts with her, but it, it's about a relationship I had 20 something years ago and I got dumped for the first time in Tampa. I love Tampa and I couldn't visit the city for 10 years, right. 12 years because of that emotional trauma. Right. Murfreesboro is just like any other place. You can't say, well, I had a bad experience or somebody hurt me there. We, we can get hurt. If you pick and choose only the places that, that you've had amazing experiences, you're not going to go very far. Mm-mm. No, you've got, you've got to revisit and you've got to create another memory. And you know, I've had to do that recently on some things in my life and I've done it. And I'm not going to lie when you sometimes when you're going to places that you've experienced hurt in that place or you went with a person and now you're going back without that person. It, it is it is uh, it can be a very sad feeling when you first get there. But then you're the first time you go, it's probably going to be like a closure, but maybe a sad experience. And that's normal. So I always tell people don't don't freak out. Go back again. And usually the second time you get, you're there and now you're like, oh, I was here before. And, you know, now I'm here again and I've got friends and we're all doing this. And we're having fun. And you don't even think you don't, your mind doesn't even think about it anymore, but don't let it torment you. Like get back on that horse again, you know, and ride or get back on that bike again when you fall off it. Because if you don't, you're going to be stuck there in that place. So also, you. you know, all joking aside, uh, Tennessee's always been, an amazing place mm-hmm. and throughout the South went to school in Louisiana, uh, Tennessee. I've never felt discrimination. Uh, Louisiana. A lot of times I felt like maybe I was losing my hearing because, um, Southerners feel that if you're foreign and you don't speak the language, if you speak real loud <laughs> and real slow English, they will understand you. Right. It's, and it's like, brother, I speak way better than 
than you, but, but thank you. But yeah, in Louisiana, that, that, I had a lot of discrimination from people that didn't live in Baton Rouge or like New Orleans. If you're from like some shithole, like lack of scene or I, I, you know, just, but Tennessee overall, the, the only reason why I call it nefarious has nothing to do with, I mean, I've, I only have love. I, I don't even think about my, yeah. you know, whomever in Tennessee. I call it nefarious because I, I, the woman that I was seeing at the time dumped me because she literally said that in the pit of her stomach, she feels like Murfreesboro is nefarious. Now, she she doesn't have a college. I do. And I'm like, shit, I'm four or five syllable words. I only use like one or two. <laughs> so, yeah, when I and it was a word I, I, I literally had a, to look up. Mean sinister, but yeah, no, there's nothing sinister about about Murfreesboro. I, I, I love Tennessee. That was never going to be, even if I didn't go, that was never going to be, hey, I'm never going back to Nashville. I'm never going back to Murfreesboro. I'd have to go through Murfreesboro anyways, because I love seeing um, Lynchburg, Tennessee, regardless. Yeah. Have you been to Lynchburg? Like five times. I love Lynchburg. I love it. I love, love, love that town. It's so awesome. Shout out to the city of Lynchburg. If you yeah, I, I would go. Uh, first couple times I went was like before the internet, before, and it was like out in the woods taking the tour. Yeah. And in the past, like three times, it's like, oh my gosh, there's like trams. There's like you can you can literally drink and do a tasting there because before, oh, we're dry dry county, there's no, no alcohol allowed. I think they're still dry, but you can do tastings there. Yeah, yeah. you can do tastings on the. But yeah, no, I, I I love it there. I've my favorite drink of choice, and yeah, I, I, every time that I was in Murfreesboro for, I don't know if you want to call it mastermind or whatever you want to call those, I, I would always take a a trip down to Lynchburg. Look at you being all secretive tourist. We didn't know where Omar would go. Hey, we see we see him cut off, and we're like, I know. She probably should have said that Lynchburg was was nefarious. I, I was I was I was in a town of four hundred people more than I was at Murfreesboro. Yeah, I love to antique up there. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I appreciate it, Omar. You letting me come on your "What If It Did Work" podcast. How long have we been trying to get a date for both of us to be on here talking? Like over a year, I know. Probably. I mean, you wanted it, it was in your previous relationships. So. Yeah, it's been over a year for sure, but. And, and I just want all the listeners and, and viewers to know that Megan's with a new guy and it's a new tradition that you get a, what if it did work t-shirt if you're, if you start dating Megan. So the new guy does have a t-shirt. I'm so over you right now. <laughs> listeners out there, this is the raw of our friendship. He has little slurs and digs. And if you notice, I keep changing the subject on him because he's talked about five different things I didn't want him to talk about, but that's okay. So if they take value and they get a good chuckle out of out of you, uh, it, it's, I, I think I've been mild. I, I mean, you have. Me that may be why I waited a year to come on your podcast because I didn't know what to say. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd say a good year of like wanting to be passive aggressive, wanting mm-hmm. to. You've grown to, up a lot to, to burn bridges on yeah. on on other people, but no, I'm. I mean. This podcast is PG compared to if we would have done it like a month ago. I couldn't imagine. I would have probably been like, oh, lost internet connection. <laughs> Just kidding. But, but, but what's crazy is 
if you listen to the podcast, people, you and I are connecting because we're friends, but most of those people on my podcasts, I don't even know. That's the first time I've ever met. There's people, there's even like two people that I downright hate (laughs) that would make me want to throw up if I was in the same room with them. I mean, sometimes, but I can turn it off. I, I can connect with people. I, I right. for a great episode, I'll interview anybody. Now it won't be like you know, you know I'm not Dr. Phil, so I'm not going to bring on like exes or my ex-wife or or you know my, my my dad to complete my daddy issues. But no, I you know I I can do it. I I can do it. it it, it it was it was tough with the the one person that we we both know I don't like having him on or her that I, I don't want to give out any clues yeah yeah so so why why the secrets what do you plan what's what's in the pipeline it's all well, about it's not really a secret I just want to wait till I get more dates but we're gonna do I've been wanting to do gosh for three years now I've been wanting to do a retreat and we had one planned. Um, even before I started doing my last job, um, we had one planned before 2020. And then of course that happened and it got kicked out. So then we ended up making it like just a small women's conference. And then this year we were looking at doing it again and things kind of kept happening. So we did a mastermind, which is great because two big, you know, two great things came out of it. But going into 2023, we are going to do a retreat where we're going to dig into removing limiting beliefs. We're going to use some of the NLP stuff. We're going to have a week weekend just to relax. and. There's a lot of life coaches out there that do the retreats. And I don't want anybody listening to think that we're we're taken, stealing, whatever, because we're not. This is a complete different platform than what business coaches do and what other things do. This is to really heal people and to really heal past traumas and things that they've been dealing with. And we're going to take a weekend of just relaxing and self-reflecting and pouring into each other. And um, it's going to be it's going to be great. So that's going to be coming soon. We're going to do a, a concert to raise money for the Unstoppable Women. Um I just, I, you know, I do a dress for success uh, yearly where we help them with job interviews. We give them an outfit to pick out. Uh, the last one of the women that came into the last one, she left there with her outfit on. We helped her with her resume, prepared her for her interview. She went out the door that day for an interview, got the job as a manager of a, a major car rental association. So, I mean, it's just, it's amazing the things that we've done just by starting and not really knowing how we're going to figure it out, just doing it. So, if you are at home listening, watching, and um, are still with us at this point, um, don't don't sit there and wait for all the stars to be in line in the sky. Like just start, and you're going to figure it out, and it's going to start coming to pass because you starting is going to help somebody figure out their why, and it's going to help them deliver them from places that they didn't think they could be delivered from. But you have to start. So, in closing, I would say that. Well, you you have you have to have the courage to start. You, you have, have to have the, have the courage. You have to have the faith. Yeah. To start now, I the, these um, these um, seminars sound like exciting. Like they actually work to remove past trauma. I, I know you went to two two seminars on on living with your significant other. You went to to the same seminar twice, and we see what the results were at, at that one. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. You know, everybody has to do things and and to to grow. And I took a lot of good out of that, though. I th- that was good. It was beneficial to me at the time. Um, it doesn't serve me anymore, but um, it was at the time. So 
there you, you go. have to be all in. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean you and him, but if I'm selling you something that I'm not living, that I'm not practicing, right. how can I teach you to be in an amazing relationship if I'm only in a relationship, quote unquote, on paper? Right. You're right. A couple's retreat taught by like Grant Cardone and like Elena Cardone or like Tony and Sage Robbins, mm-hmm. that would be beneficial because you can see they honestly, they truly love each other. They want to grow an empire, but you have to be all in on your product for it to work. If not, you guys didn't work out. Yeah, but it wasn't like you guys had the best training either. Well, it wasn't it wasn't that. I mean, I'm not gonna say it was not that. It was a good no, no, but it would help, yeah, it right? Good, no, yeah, and it was where you're talking about what we went to when I experienced it. I enjoyed it. I had a great time, went through it twice. I liked it so much. Um, but I mean, yeah, things happen in life, but still you can learn what you learned in those trainings that you can apply, even if it's not in the same relationship, but you can apply to another one. I mean, it people are going to grow. And I will say this because I don't like talking about it, but people are going to grow and they're going to be, they're going to better themselves and they're going to move on. And I hate what had happened, you know, in my past and things that didn't work out in my past. But the fact that I can sit there um, with people that have hurt me in my past and, you know, and I may have hurt them in their past and still be able to have a conversation and be adults and talk about what we learned and what we could do better and how we can have a friendship. That is a huge win in itself. And it takes a lot of inner growth to be able to do that. It takes a lot of pride swallowing. It takes a lot of, oh my gosh, I may look stupid because I'm ready. I'm grown, but they may not have been grown. And no, you know, so it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, but if you have the courage to, let's go back to what we're talking about, about getting started. If you have the courage to get started and get the first step done. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Keep doing it. And my second thing I want to say about this is when you start doing it and it, and then let's say you don't get the followers or you don't get the response that you want, keep doing it because that's when people usually give up, keep pushing forward and it's going to get there. There's going to be days that people are going to call you and be like, Oh my gosh, Omar, that, what if it did work? video you just did was so amazing. And there's going to be days they're not going to call you and say anything, but they're still watching it, thinking it, they just didn't verbalize it. So just because you're not getting the response that you hope for, doesn't mean that people are not receiving it. Just keep working and keep doing it and keep grinding it out for sure. Here's just uh, a simple little fact with the podcast. Mm -hmm. Before the first 30 episodes or so, I I had to chase people. I had to beg people, hey, can you please be on my podcast? Mm -hmm. Now I've got stages, Grant Cardone's people sending me people. I've got people, strangers DMing me. Can I be on your podcast? That would have never have happened if I would have been like, oh, this sucks. Everybody thinks I suck. Right, right. Do the work, man. And don't worry about nobody's going to, nobody looks great when they first do it. When you look at anybody, professionals it's after so many years of practice you know that me seeing pearl jam or those garth brooks or they all started horrible i mean i watched the garth brooks documentary on netflix and he literally the first time he went to nashville he went home crying back to oklahoma because but yeah you know everybody feels like everybody's an overnight success everybody's like well 
he must be calling Baton Rouge. Well, it didn't happen that way. You have it's called growth. You you have to crawl. You have to learn how to walk. You have to learn how to get back up. Right. It, it's just a process that God in the universe. You, you have. There's no overnight success. There's no, you know, hashtag I'm winning. I I, I got you know, I'm, I went viral. You you might be able to catch a virus simple. <laughs> based on who you hang out with, but viral, that that's a completely other topic. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly it. You just have to keep being persistent, keep rolling with the punches and just keep showing up, you know, showing up. You're, you're the definition of what if it did work, you've overcome so many obstacles. You, you've never complained. You never bitch. You just get up. Every time you fall and you've gotten up, you're an inspiration. Thank you. Motivate people. And I'm I'm proud and I'm glad to say that you you are a true friend and thank you for everything. And how how do I know how to cyberstalk you and how to find you, but how <laughs> how does everybody else? They can find me under Megan Farrell on Facebook, F-E-R-R-E-L-L. It's a picture of me at the, the beach, the lovely panhandle that you talked about. And um, then there's the Unstoppable on Facebook. And then there's our Unstoppable podcast that we do on YouTube. And that's on all the major podcast platforms and stuff. Um, Instagram is Megan underscore 615 VIP. So there's three ways. Megan Farrell. Megan underscore 615 VIP on Instagram or the unstoppable on Facebook podcast series. Hey, baby, you go three ways, man. There's nothing wrong with that. So (laughs) I could talk to you on for hours upon hours, but you know, yeah, it's summer's over. Yesterday was the last, last day of summer. So you're going to have to wait a while for those big trucks. I know. I know. I'm going to have to eventually invest in a big truck to, to haul, haul everything around for all the stages I'm going to be speaking on. But uh, but definitely, um, thank you for having me on. And I know we uh, get a little sidebarred sometimes, but that's okay. Um, it's, it's, it's real. It's raw. That's who we are. While we click. So. Hey, and you know what? I, I have to tip my hat off. Whenever I, I've, I've said anything... You go right through it or you ignore it and you keep on. So uh, you, you, really you, you must have learned from, from your boss. This is what I'll, I'll end with. Every time at a seminar, it was so robotic, so scripted, even the small talk stories that after hearing them a million times, I would literally throw a zinger out or say something just out of the blue to try to throw the person off their game. Mm-hmm. And they were so good. They were so robotic. They'd be able to pick up from that exact moment and keep on going. So congratulations. Zing at people? What? Well, I, I mean, it, I was just shocked to realize that it was all just an act. And it was just like a script and all memorizations. But but that's the talent within the talent. So that's impressive, too. So I, I love you. Thank you for being on. Uh, because of you, I, I got to meet your ex, one of my biggest fans and supporters, loves all my stuff. He does. He does. He, so, yeah, he does. He he actually is a supporter of you. He even wears your t-shirts and stuff. So that's no, so so hopefully the new guy, this is it. I should not have even opened that with the t-shirts. Yes, yes. Okay. 
<laughs> Thank so, you for having me on, sir. So no more t-shirts, okay? But let's stop at, at, at two. Okay. I, I don't want this to be a quarterly thing or a semi-annual thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a call after this podcast. Just get ready. Okay. All righty. Well, I love you. Love Thank you, friend. you. And we'll all be unbreakable. All right. Thanks. I never told no one that. What if it did work? Start asking yourself better questions. An amazing podcast and an amazing movement, but it all started as an Amazon best-selling book by yours truly. Yes, I'm being biased. It's my favorite book. Took me forever to write, about 47 years. But you know what? It took a lot less to write my second book. The Vacation CEO, yes, that's a new book. I never told no one that. My whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars. I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? I knew I needed help. I had no self-confidence, didn't believe in myself. I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition to start a business. But before I even started, I feel like it's finished. You got a vision. And let me say, I don't care if they your blood got the same DNA. They can't feel how you feel. They can't see what you see. Want to change your life? You got to change the way you think. The thoughts in your mind is the boss of your life. Nothing but good vibes every day. I'm thinking like, what if it did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.